Welcome to this week of Peace of Mind. It's Raven here, and I have my co-host TJ here with me as well. Hi! <laughs> so, we're actually going to talk about the missiles that were launched over in Iran by the President of the United States. And a lot of people are talking about World War III and how it's going to happen. Um, I don't like to think about it because it kind of creeps me out. I don't think it's going to happen, but a lot of people are kind of, you know, putting some good stuff out there, how people are going to turn on us and our allies aren't going to work with us anymore and how we're doomed. But we also have some really cool stuff to talk about. It was recently New Year's. Happy New Year's. We're now in January and Japan, instead of using fireworks, they use drones. They kind of incorporated... Well, I'm not going to say they 100% use drones, but they kind of incorporated the drones with the fireworks. It's really cool. Um, another thing that we're going to talk about is um, when you go grocery shopping, how you're not going to have to wait in lines anymore. Just going to need a cart, pick up the item, scan it, and you can walk out. That's it. And I think that's kind of a little um, awesome, right? TJ, would you like to do that? Go to a grocery store, not have to wait in a line, just scan it and head out. Uh, you know, I'm devil's advocate all the time. <laughs> all I can think about is how the more we get to a fully automated society, the more we're going to have to start thinking about a universal, um, like wage because mm -hmm. the more jobs we make only being held by computers and robots is the more people <laughs> who are clamoring to figure out how they're going to feed their families. Mm -hmm. you know? That's also like, true. Like, yes, we love to not stand in line. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But at the yeah. same time, if I had to stand in line for three minutes uh, in order to make sure that somebody feeds their family, um, I'll do that. Yeah. I don't think we think about it when, you know, we see something like this coming out. We're like, oh, that's so cool. We don't have to speak to people. We don't have to wait in line. But then you also have to think about a lot of people aren't going to have jobs anymore when it comes to cashiering at a grocery store. Now, I remember a few months back, or I'll even say last year, Amazon came out with something like this, and they actually have it at my mother's job, now that I think about it. And you just walk in, you grab the items, and the cameras see what you're grabbing, and when you walk out, they bill you immediately. So you don't have to speak to anyone. So let's say you're on a lunch break, you go in, grab a bag of chips, head out, you're going to be billed as soon as you walk out. So I think that's pretty neat. But another thing... We could have had someone working there. They needed to make a little money. Let's just, you know, keep our patience. A lot of people are impatient now, so there's nothing wrong with waiting it's in line. And it's smart on the, on the part of the company, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, but let's just less jobs available. Well, let's just hope that they make up for it, not the company, but um, the system makes up for it in other ways. Mm -hmm. Now, um, everyone from Amazon, which I was just speaking about them to Silicon Valley started up, well, they're starting to eliminate lines in retail stores. Amazon has opened up 24 of its amazing go-to stores, which use cameras and artificial intelligence to see what you've taken off the shelves. Kind of like how I was explaining, you just pick it up, walk out, and you're billed for it. Um, some startups such as San Francisco-based um, Grab Grabango, San Francisco, well, California altogether have some weird names. Grabango are closely mimicking Amazon's approach of using AI-powered cameras mounted in ceilings to identify what you removed from a shelf and charge you for those items. I, I, I just have a couple of questions about this, though. Now mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about it, um, 
are what about the people who pick something like is it the sh is it gonna be like what kind of smart tech is it is it smart tech on every single item because if that's the mm -hmm. case it makes sense but what happens if somebody is walking to the store like me who is always indecisive when they're buying stuff and i put stuff down all the time and i hate to mm -hmm. be the asshole who admits it but i don't put shit back where it goes so mm -hmm. what happens when somebody picks up something that doesn't belong on that shelf and the camera see that they pick something up and they're charged for it. Um, mm -hmm. But this is the thing. Yeah. So um, they actually thought about this. So this is the thing on in the cart. They actually have a camera and they only can see your hands and you have to scan the items to be charged for it. Oh, if okay. it's not scanned. Mm -hmm, if it's not scanned, then you're not going to be charged for it, but they can actually also do see everything. Do I get a discount in W2s for working there since now I have to scan my own shoe? Um, maybe. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they probably have Amazon Prime discounts. I'm sure of it. They probably have Amazon Prime discounts. And um, some customers have been paying with credit card. You can even use Apple Pay or Google Pay, which is pretty neat. So you don't even have to have money on you anymore. Um, so basically, when the customer exits the store, a green light goes off. The shopping cart indicates that this order has been complete and they are charged. If something goes wrong, the light turns red and the store employee is summoned. So there are still people there, but you're just not going to interact with them. Um, they're probably still there. If there's not something you want on the shelf, they'll just go grab it and that's it. Like nobody's scared that we're getting closer and closer to that movie that um, with Justin Timberlake. Um, and I think Emma Stone, the movie with the, the time where the everybody, mm -hmm. yeah, the, yeah, um, where your life was like, you didn't actually use money. You used time and minutes time. out of your life. Mm -hmm. And the poor people was dying all the time because they was running out of time. That was a great movie. That it was. was. Did it, it really die? Really I don't know, but I know his mom did. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That was a great movie. Justin Timberlake's in really good movies. That's the thing about him. It's like yeah, he, he picks and chooses. Because mm -hmm. he can. Um, and you know what the good thing about it is? Is that very rarely do you see crossover between musicians who make good like actors or actors. It's like, because Beyonce yeah. is acting, but her music is top notch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beyonce is not the greatest actor. Ja Janet Jackson is a trash actress, but <laughs> I like her music. You know, I'm serious. It's like, some mm -hmm. people just don't need to cross over, mm -hmm. but um, just Tyrese is a bad actor. But he actually didn't get in for a I don't know why they allow him. Like he's got a beautiful singing voice, and I love his music. But just just don't do anything else. Period. Have you seen Four Brothers, the movie that he was in? Like twenty years ago, yes. Mm -hmm. With Mark Wahlberg, that was a really yeah. good movie. I love Mark Wahlberg. What's another? Like, is always playing like the stereotype. Mm, Rihanna, she's not a good actor, but she makes good music. I've never seen her in anything. Yeah, she oh, was in Ocean Twelve, Ocean Eight. She was in Ocean Eight. I never saw that one. It's the only one I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. It was the all-female cast on that one. But she was also in another one that I don't remember. But basically, um, Justin Timberlake <laughs> is a good actor. And he was He's in that actor. movie with um, Clint Eastwood. Um, Clint Eastwood? The, the, the Trouble with the Curve, I think. 
Really? I didn't know he was in yeah. a film with Clint Eastwood. And I love Clint Eastwood. He got a lot of backlash when he went against um, Barack Obama. Let me see. I don't I think it's fair the way people treated <clears throat> people who didn't agree with Barack Obama. They made it seem like everybody who was against him was racist. And I totally disagree. I, I love the man for being uh, a black politician, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when Barack was the president, everyone was jumping on the I hate Barack bandwagon. They really didn't have yeah. a reason not to like him. But like the president now, <laughs> you have reasons not to like him. I mean, I had reasons not to like Obama. When he was in office at the time? Absolutely. But it had nothing to do with him. It had to do with what he stood for, what he believed in. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get into this. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's go ahead and get into this bombing. Um well, the missiles that were launched in Iran, and I'm going to let you take the floor and explain it so the viewers can know what happened and why it happened. Um, we did an airstrike. We killed their top general um, from, because they were um, planning out attacks on United States soil and because they attacked the United States embassy and for a whole host of other reasons and because they have one of the what highest percentages of, like, terrorists that come like there's a lot of things that people are saying that it was the wrong thing and i'm i'm not a politician i'm mm-hmm. not a, a war strategist strategist i'm not one of those people who strategizes strategizes i'm not a person who strict strat look i don't be thinking about war like that mm-hmm. so i can't really tell you whether it was the right or the wrong thing to do i do know that people are saying that we are headed towards World War III are mm-hmm. right and wrong because they're wrong in the way that they think it's because of this attack because we've been bombing people on Middle East since, what, 2000 and, what, two, three? Like, since long-ass time ago. We've been bombing consistently over there. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Like, we, 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 we killing people all the time over there. Like, our troops haven't left the Middle East in like decades. So there's really no reason why we would suggest that this is the issue that will cause a bring about World War Three. Like if we want to blame Trump for World War Three, we would have to put together the entirety of everything involved with his, not just his, but the Obama's um, era before him. Like we would have to put all that together with Russia and <clears throat> China and North Korea and Iran. Like we would have to go into a whole list of factors as to why there would be a World War III. I'm more worried about how come there's not a more press involving, and I think it's because we're trying to avoid World War III. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why nobody's talking about the millions of people in internment camps and concentration camps over in China right now being killed and being forced to uh, like pledge to atheism and pledge their allegiance to the Chinese flag. Like, Mm-hmm. Seriously, like, I'm not going to say it's another Holocaust because people get really up in in their panties. <laughs> and really, but what what did we call um, a situation where a whole bunch of people were taken and um, tortured and killed <laughs> mm-hmm. by another government based on their religion? Because mm-hmm. that's what happened in Germany with 
the Jews, you know what I mean? And that's what's happening right now in China with Muslims. And they're not just taking people from China, they're taking people from other countries. And they have an estimated, they don't even know the amount of people who are being held against their will. They're saying it's anywhere between 800,000 and a couple of million. So while we're talking about that shit, I'm amazed that we even have time to talk about Iran and a one person who got killed in an airstrike. Because we literally had a world war behind a Holocaust. So what's what's happening? What's happening? So when the airstrike happened, Donald Trump was actually in Palm Beach on vacation. And right after, um, well, shortly after the attack, he tweeted the American flag on Twitter. And it has over 791,000 retweets. So you have some people that actually support this. They feel like we're doing a good thing because we took out a huge enemy. And then you have some people on the... Mm-hmm. I think that the people who are against it are people who are against Trump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because we had no problems when Obama was killing, um, oh boy. You know what I mean? Like, we we literally praised him for killing a terrorist leader. So, like, I'm not a Trump supporter. Let's let's start off with that. I don't like the man. Mm-hmm. I think he is uh, two-faced in his politics. And I think he's a horrible representation of an adult person. But at the end of the day, if we're being impartial, he's, he didn't do anything in that situation <clears throat> that other presidents haven't done and been mm-hmm. like hailed and killed for. Mm-hmm. Now on Twitter, World War Three was trending and uh, many were convinced that retaliation was the imminent and you would read, well, we actually have a few tweets pulled up and Bernie Sanders actually said this. When I voted against the war in Iraq in 2002, I feared it would lead to greater oh jeez the tweet there you go sorry about that he said that he feared that unfortunately turned out to be true well what he feared actually turned out to be true um trump's dangerous escalation brings us closer to another war in the middle east that could cost countless lives and trillion more dollars trump promised to end endless wars but this action puts us on the path to another one So do you think this is scaring people saying that there's going to be another World War Three? It's definitely scaring people. I don't. I just don't know if it's over the top or not because, like, on one hand, you have the people who are um, for the whole idea that a a great defense is a good offense. You know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. if somebody does something, you show up and show them. We don't play that shit. And on one hand, I would agree. And then on the other hand, I think about. military personnel who did sign up for this, but I'm going to die, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, then here's to me, a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Human life is important to me. And here's a question for all of the listeners. What are the likely consequences of his assassination? What's going to happen now? And TJ, if you want to answer this as well, you can, but um, what's likely the consequence from this and do you trust the trump administration to have planned for those consequences and to manage what comes next 
Mm, absolutely not. Like, um, I don't trust the Trump administration to have managed or planned for anything other than fattening their pockets. But I'm not sure if the Trump administration is behind this. Like, because, you know, the, the Trump administration is Trump and his people, but there are people <laughs> who are in, you know, in positions of power and influence that go beyond the presidency. You know what I mean? Like, we have people that that handle these things that strategize these things that plan these things people and this is not something that would have just happened overnight these are you know people we have these reports going to our we we won't know about them but there are reports coming back and forth from the middle east uh every moment of every day where they're getting updated on new situations and they are always like considering the end game like what happens if we do this what happens if we do that so, and, and if we're being completely honest, we don't have a choice but to trust them. We have absolutely no choice because there's nothing we can do about it but sit back and watch what happens after they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But now, ooh, interested in the whole, like I heard that um, Russia was uh, putting out messages about how if, uh, if Iran went to war, they wouldn't be alone. Oh really? Yeah. So I'm I'm more worried about that and what happens if China joins the fray because China already told Trump to mind his motherfucking business when he was <laughs> literally told him don't be coming for us when he brought up those millions of people <laughs> in concentration. Mm-hmm. So my question is is what do we do when the people who call, like underwrite our loans, the people who own us, the people who have the manpower to wipe us off the face of the planet and the money to wipe us off the face of the planet. What happens mm-hmm. if they join the planet? That's mm-hmm. my fear. And a friend of mine was actually Yeah, a friend of mine was actually telling me how he feels like our allies are gonna turn on us and we're a little too comfortable and we feel like nothing's gonna happen. Well, I don't yeah, they don't say want he's expecting the worst, but He's like, we just need to keep up on this and don't ignore everything that's, you know, on the news. Because who are our allies? I mean, like, yeah, we have allies, but they get money from us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you mean? They're poor, too. Like, not that we're poor, but we're poor when it comes to um, what we actually have. We have Mm -hmm. um, trade agreements. You know what I mean? We have one of the largest systems of imports from other countries. What happens if they decide to shut us off? Yeah. We we don't really make anything here. Do you know that there's not one um, major brand television that is even manufactured in the United States? Because if they did manufacture something like that in the United States, nobody would be able to afford it because we actually have minimum wage laws and, and, <laughs> and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Like we couldn't afford to make anything for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, we um, mm-hmm. now on a lighter note, happy new year's. And I hope you guys, had, <laughs> hope you guys had a nice new year's Eve and a nice new year's. Um, I saw a really cool thing that I wanted to let everyone know about because I'm pretty sure you didn't see it. If you have a Twitter account, you probably have seen it on there because Twitter is great at keeping us updated with um, things that happen. So in Japan, 
they had a huge fireworks show. And instead of using tons and tons and tons of fireworks, they used 500 drones to do a performance. So you saw like flying dinosaurs, flying butterflies. Um, it was quite beautiful. And I wish we would do something like that here in the States. But um, it will be divided. Well, it was divided in six different chapters. So you had the ceremony. You had another Earth, which was really cool. You had the galaxy party. You had the gravity. And then you had the grand final. And there was one more, but they did not list that one, unfortunately. And um, this was at the float, which was, the, uh, which was in the Marina Bay. And this was choreographed over 500 drones that would be synchronized with the fireworks. So it was like a 3D-ish thing. And it was and really cool. It's reusable. So it's not mm -hmm. like they have a whole bunch of trash to pick up and throw away and mm -hmm. start all over the next year. I wish mm -hmm. they would teach this to my neighbors. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I really think we should do that. And especially like um, if you think of veterans that suffer from PTSD and you know how they kind of freak out when they hear fireworks. And especially when it comes to the animals that don't like hearing the loud pops from the fireworks. Do you think using drones would help that as well? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I would have, I would have advocated for anything when my dog was alive to stop fireworks from helping, like forcing him to flip out every mm -hmm. single year for the 15 years that he was born. Mm -hmm. And it's, and people don't just pop fireworks one night. And, and, and the yeah. thing about it is that it doesn't matter at the end of the day though, because unless individual people adopted drone fireworks, like it's still going to be the same situation for everybody yeah. other yeah. than that one major city where that drone situation is happening. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not going to change anything for everybody's dogs unless they um, brought their dogs to that one firework show that happened for the entire nation. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully the U.S. catches on to this. It's a great alternative. You know, um, I think it's great. I think it's cool. I think all of the viewers should check it out. And I'm actually going to post the videos on our Twitter so you can go on there and check it out. Um, it's also not cost effective. Cool. Hmm? Like, it's not cost effective. A good drone costs a couple of hundred dollars, whereas I could go and get a hundred dollars worth of fireworks and pop those for several days. Like it's the money alone. People aren't mm -hmm. going to, I don't but think you'll, it's still gonna, ha you'll have your drone every year or for special occasions. And then you'll still have to pay hundreds of dollars for the fireworks every year. Yeah. But people like fire and danger <laughs> explosions. So like, yeah. They love the loud mm -hmm. noises and the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would love for that to happen, though, because I'm tired mm -hmm. of wishing I could hit somebody with my car every time they pop the firework. And they mm -hmm. pop them, um, like, starting from, like, for Fourth of July, they'll start, like, the month before and, like, continue for a couple of weeks after Fourth of July is over. And it enrages me every single time. Mm -hmm. But uh, really, have you seen the video? No. DJ? Okay, so no, you have no. to see it. I'm going to have to send it to you. It's pretty amazing. Um, I don't watch fireworks in real life, though. That's the only reason I didn't watch it, because um, of the caring that I don't have. But <laughs> I'll watch it if you send it to me. All right. So there's a woman that lives in Houston, and, you know, she had a special occasion. She had her baby shower, and she wanted to go to Ulta, which is a huge um, beauty store, to get her makeup done. And if you know, you can schedule an appointment, and they'll do your makeup for free in Ulta. So it didn't turn out 
you know, that great for her. And this is what happened. So she walked into Ulta. Was she she told them. <laughs> hmm? Was she black? She was a black woman. Um, she was actually, she was a black woman and she was a dark skin woman. So she was eight months pregnant and she wanted to go in there and get her makeup done for her baby shower. So after being told by one of the makeup artists that her skin was too dark to achieve the look that she desired, the makeup artist actually got an associate there and had her assist her. And it was a, it was two white women that did it. So she was doing her makeup and she picked a shade that was darker than her original skin tone. The shadow didn't match. Um, if you look at the picture, it seems like they didn't even try. So after she left, highly disappointed, she called corporate. Well, I'm sorry. She didn't call corporate. She called the store's manager. And all they did was offer her a bag of sample goodies to uh, make up for her experience at that store. I'm sorry, because um, earlier, I believe what was said was that they offered her a bag of lotions. A bag of lotions? I didn't want to say lotions. I just said goodies. Because <laughs> they, they made her a bag food. of lotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk but, about how, um, as a black makeup artist, you are required to know how to prepare the makeup for every race? But as a white makeup artist working at an act- as an actual makeup mm-hmm. artist in an actual makeup store, you are not required to know how to do makeup for anybody who doesn't look like you. What mm-hmm. in the hell does that mean? Yeah. And then you have some white makeup artists that actually want to learn how to do all skin tones. But that's rare. That's extremely rare. Um, I remember I went into MAC one time. Well, the MAC in my area, we have a lot of white makeup artists in there. And they do black women's makeup all the time. And it looks amazing. But I still, I'm sorry for all of the listeners, I still will go to that black makeup artist to do my makeup. Because I feel like they understand the undertones. What looks good in this light? What doesn't look good in this light? Um, what type of highlighters? Like, not yeah, what everybody. Type of highlighters? What kind of you know lipsticks? Mm-hmm. And I just hate this happen to her. And a lot of people in the that were commenting on this, they were like, well, what did you expect? You got a free, um, free uh, makeover in Ulta. Can we talk about how just really jacked up it is to even say something like that? Like the yeah. reason you go for something, the reason why they allow the free thing to happen is because they're trying to get you to buy something that costs money. So from a completely business perspective, from an advertising and marketing perspective, they're at an all-time high fail rate because what they're doing is saying, hey, come in here and let us show you why you don't want anything we have. <laughs> let us show you why you don't want to spend money here. Let us show you why our products are completely useless to you, which is the reason why they need to invest in either training their uh, people or hiring people mm-hmm. who already know something. Why would, you, why would you hire somebody who would make your advertising fail? Mm-hmm. Because you think that um, white women are the only people who buy makeup, you might as well only sell makeup for white women if that is the case. Mm-hmm. And makeup companies, they just started including darker shades. Um, if you, you guys haven't noticed, funny, um, yeah, they just Rihanna started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as soon as Rihanna, she has her makeup line, Fancy Beauty, as soon as Rihanna launched her makeup line, that's when everyone wanted to join in because they saw how much money she was making. So um, you have Lancome. Now they have several darker shades. You have CoverGirl. You have Maybelline. They didn't have darker shades. And my shade is like a good 350, and that's in MAC because I love MAC. And I couldn't find a shade that matched me perfectly like MAC. 
at like drugstores. So I kind of love how they're adding. Yeah, I kind of love how they're adding darker shades, but I feel like they're only doing it to shut us up. (laughs) No, no, it's not even just to shut you up. It's because money talks and Mm -hmm. like people have been ignoring the black dollar for decades. And the truth of the matter, we have over a trillion and a half dollars that we spend in this market um, regularly, like just shelling out money for products that don't fit us. So they're Mm -hmm. realizing that if they did their marketing for us the way Mm -hmm. they do it for white people, that they would make millions and billions and trillions of dollars. And yeah, Mm -hmm. they are trying to shut us up, but they're also trying to get our money. Like I hate it because when I like anytime I've ever gone for makeup, I've been able to find makeup that matches, but that's because Mm -hmm. I am not of the skin tone that they have dis, you know, that they have chosen not to include. Like mm-hmm. I could go in and find makeup in my tone anywhere because to white people, I'm the darkest color that they're going to make, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. literally. And, mm-hmm. and it's a sad fact because that means that there are everybody else. I'm like mid range. So like mm-hmm. everybody else is not mm-hmm. getting what they need. Yeah. So, um, and what you said is, is true because if you go into a makeup store, we'll see your shade, which is like a lighter shade. But if you go and look in my shade, which is like a darker brown, you'll see my shade, but like 10 different oranges added to it. Are you throwing so shade at me? you're not going to get the true match. Hmm? <laughs> you throwing shade at me because I'm not brown. <laughs> but there's one brand that a lot of African-American women love and they started getting a lot of white people, a lot of Mexican women and all races to like their brand and that's Juvia's Place. But here's the thing about Juvia's Place. This I've never heard of them. That's yeah, one thing you'll, about them. You'll actually love Juvia's Place, but um, here's one thing about them. When they first started, they catered to only dark-skinned women and African-American women. And oh, so they once they, Yeah, so once they became huge, they only started sending their products to um, huge white YouTubers to you know yes to advertise them and then a lot of black makeup gurus came out and they were like hey you guys are supporting these people but they're not sending us their stuff we have to buy it none of this is paid sponsorship yeah and juvia's place came back and they were saying how it's not true but the black makeup gurus had receipts for this and i kind of hate that because the same thing happened with shea moisture how first it was for the natural women and now it's for everybody except Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except, remember their first commercial that came out? There was, no, I'm sorry, there was no one that looked like the people that they made their um, hair products for. That doesn't even make any sense to me. Because do you know how much you could damage a white person's hair by using black hair care products exclusively on them? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, why would you even mislead an entire group of people? into buying products that are not for them at all while mm-hmm. secretly hoping that the people who use your products aren't going to notice the discrimination in the advertising and continue mm-hmm. to spend their money with you. And the truth of the matter is, is that's always been the case because black people didn't have any other options. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm glad that more people are waking up because you don't treat me right. This person will before it was, we only mm-hmm. can get this from here. You know what I mean? So we had to take mm-hmm. it, whatever they dished out, but not anymore, buddy. <laughs> you're gonna learn you're gonna not learn today today. <laughs> today i got time 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of black makeup artists. Well, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, there's a lot of black makeup artists coming out with their own brands now, and I love it. There's a lot of black makeup companies now coming out with products just for black women. They haven't turned on us just yet, and I just want to list them. This is not a paid um, sponsorship or anything, but you have the Covering Book, which is one. You have the Iman Cosmetics, which is a huge one. You can actually find that in Walmart. You have the Lumic Beauty, which you can find that on Instagram. You can actually find that at Sephora now. And really? all of these are black-owned brands. Mm-hmm. And they just send me that list because... Um, yeah, I got you. You know, I like to... I like to buy a whole bunch of makeup and then not use it. That's my favorite. So. <laughs> I really want to get into shadows, but I feel like my eyes are too big for shadow. That's why I'm only an expert with the wing liner, but oh, I the shadows. <laughs> have you seen, they have the actual, um, like prefabricated, uh, like pasties, uh, wing liners that you can put on your eyes. Like, um, Lady Gaga actually has a line of them. And I forget what they're called, but they're really? like, um, yeah, like you, they're like sticky on one side and um, she's got ones that go above your eyebrows and they've got full on designs and stuff. And then she, they've got the winged liner mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. They coming out with some new and different stuff. How's her makeup? Isn't it called house laboratories? Her makeup? Line? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I, I know that, that I, I'm going to be honest. The only person I've seen review it is Jeffree Star. And, I love um, Jeffree Star. I do too. Like, it's problematic <laughs> uh, some of the things that I he's know, done. I know. I know. He apologized. I, I give people second chances. Yeah, why? And I'm going to need, look, we're going to have to discuss this whole giving second <laughs> chances thing. We I think need everyone deserves a second chance. Um, well, in God's eyes, in my eyes, it's something you have to give second chances. Um, my job is to watch what you show me and then take that at heart. Walk off into the sunset. <laughs> now, so another brand that's a huge brand is the Pat McGrath. Have you heard of that one, Pat McGrath? I have not. I have not. Like you I, you know, I don't. You know, I don't spend big money on nothing. I'll go uh, to the dollar store. <laughs> And get and spend two hundred dollars on seven thousand items. That's my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, um, I hate that happened to her, um, especially for a baby shower. Can you believe? Can you imagine? Like you go into a place, make me look pretty, because I'm finna show yes. people up. I'm finna shit on all these. But anyway, and then you go in there, and then they make you look like a 1983 crackhead out of <laughs> Do the Right Thing. And then you just sitting there like, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> like, you was free, so you can't even ask for your money back. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, you want your time back, but like, what, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Like, you just had, not only did you just waste time to have something terrible happen to you, like, if you had paid, it had been worse, but you could at least sued or <laughs> got your money back. But you actually spent time to have something horrible happen to you. Mm-hmm. And now you either have to fix it or go with it and stay in that horrible situation. But let's not forget that that's the very bare minimum. People don't go to a place like that to get their makeup done just for any reason. You get your makeup done so that you can feel pretty. So you can mm-hmm. feel happy. So you can feel a certain type of way. And they not only took that feeling from her, but they prevented her from having it because now you're in a bad mood. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now you've stolen the joy out of my baby shower. I need all of that back. Mm-hmm. 
And if you look at the picture that, if you look at the picture that the woman posted, it doesn't even look like they tried. To be honest, they don't know any better, and they didn't care to try. They didn't. Yeah, why did they ask it. her? Hey, is it? Do you think? Because I'm not familiar with your skin tone, but I do know that um, generally we use this uh, a certain type of contour with uh, th- like with the shade. We would go three or four shades darker or lighter with this type of contour or highlighter or foundation. What do you think, ma'am? You know what I mean? If you get somebody's input and it turns out horrible, they may not enjoy it, but they won't feel as victimized Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they had a stay in it and they saw that you were trying. But you weren't, you didn't ask for nothing probably. You were just like, yeah, let me show you what we do. Let me put some uh, bright red, dusty, ashy eyeshadow on your eyes with no Mm -hmm. uh, primer. You know what I mean? And I'll bet you that they didn't prime the eyelids with, uh, with like a, a mm-hmm. auto, like I'll, I'll bet you that they were like, well, let's just put a little, um, skin corrector on here and just throw the color on there mm-hmm. and hope that it can mm-hmm. make me want to hurt somebody. I'm, I'm over here getting mm-hmm. mad. And this is the last story that I'm going to bring up. A friend of mine went to Victoria's secret and she went there to get some bras. And this woman is a, I'll see you. 46 I'm guessing she has she has huge breasts um 46 I'll say double d maybe even triple and at Victoria's Secret they stop at a 40 double d and she went in there she went to one of the associates and she was like hey this is my bra size can you help me and the woman looked at her and said you might have to go to Lane Bryant across the street and turned around And she wanted her ass whooped in the store. She wanted her ass whooped. Oh, she said right that. And the woman walked out of the store, got in her car, and cried about what happened. She called well, corporate. Yeah, um, called corporate. Well, before she called corporate, she actually called her husband. And her husband is like a journalist, and he typed up this huge letter, sent it to Victoria's Secret, and they use this letter to this day in training on how not to treat your customers. And they actually wanted to send her gift cards, wanted her to do this because they didn't want her to sue or make a big deal about what happened in the store. And especially when it's Victoria's secret. Yeah. Um, that's actually good on them for Mm -hmm. how they handled the situation that actually might lead to more inclusive products instead Mm -hmm. of just being a girl store. I don't know Mm -hmm. though. Like I kind of feel like, she might not have meant it as a as a negative thing. Um, th- she did. She yeah, did no, it's insulting, <laughs> but at the same time, it's I don't know if you've been to Lane Bryant, but they got some good big girl bras up in there sometimes. Like they you do, they do. Roll up in there, you get you some nice sturdy six inch strap bras that'll hold them puppies up. I look, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would never buy a bra from Victoria's Secret because I don't trust the strength of their straps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, being a former Victoria's Secret employee, I know how some of the girls that work there minds work. So hearing that that girl said that to that lady, she meant it. Um, she meant to be mean. And she Ooh. did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. She meant to be mean. She did it on purpose. And I think she ended up getting fired for it. But she so didn't get her book. She got away light. She got, she away, got away light. She got away light. And I actually have a lot of women that come in there. Well, when I worked there, there was a lot of women that came in there. And when they saw that we stopped at a 44D, 
I could see in their eyes, they're like, well, I really like this bra, but now I can't get it. Because, you know, yeah. hearing that you're going to Victoria's Secret to get a bra where everyone goes to get beautiful bras and then they don't care your size. Yeah, it's it kind of sucks. But I hate that that happened. And I probably would have fought that girl too that day <laughs> in the store. <laughs> but that's just so rude. I don't see how people can be mean like that. I just don't see it. I think it speaks to your character and how you feel about yourself. Because um, me personally, I can be a dickhead sometimes, but never to somebody who is unwarranted to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I never will speak to a stranger with anything other than the utmost respect. Because to me, you have already earned like a, a, a regular amount of respect just by being a human being. So mm-hmm. I'm going to treat mm-hmm. you like that until you show me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then all cats out the bag after that. But until then, why am I, why would I treat you any less? That would just show you that I think less of myself and that I have to take my negativity out on you. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a really nice person. I give people a lot of chances. I can be extremely sarcastic. I, it can come off as being rude sometimes. I haven't noticed that yet when I'm doing it, but um, <laughs> I just feel like I give what people give me. So if you're rude to me, if you're short with me, if you have no patience with me, that's how I'm going to be with you. And that's yeah. that. So I hate that that happened to her and I'm happy Victoria's Secret didn't push her to the side and ignore her complaint. They actually use her letter. Um, they're training people on how not to treat customers and I think Victoria's Secret, they're thinking about starting. Um, I know they carry XLs now. At first, they only carried a medium and large, and now they carry like an extra large. It's and too late. And bottoms. It's too late. it's too late. Rihanna already released a plus size lingerie line. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah, but if you look at the quality, I've looked at the quality, and Rihanna's quality is not, the great, not that great compared to Victoria's Secret. Yeah, but Victoria's Secret, they're going to have to do something like they're going to have to change up because you can't use the same materials and and products for bigger sizes that you can use for little titty bitties. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it. You know what I mean? Like I have um, ample breast assist and I would love to wear those nice flimsy little bras and bralettes and little cups with no underwire. (laughs) But I need structure. I need something powered by like something that an engineer created in a lab, like that holds up bridges. I need, I need tensile strength. You know what I mean? Like I need, um, something powered by NASA. Like I can't just be out here getting something only on the strength that is cute because I'm gonna put my boobs in it and the whole boob is going to tear straight through the material. Like it was some kind of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and them little there's a, Victoria's Secret bras. Those are painful. That's one thing I hate about Victoria's Secret are the straps on the shoulders. Hate it. They thin. They thin <laughs> and they will cut into your shoulders they like will. an iron hole. They will. That's one thing you would think they probably should have changed, but they didn't. They need some kind of suspension magic. Like, like I said, uh, they need to get an engineer who designs bridges and um, bring them into the lab and figure out how can they do this without caving in the shoulders of women and mm-hmm. without having a six inch strap or 72 hooks in the back. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one time when I worked at Victoria's Secret and I was in the fitting room 
And there was an older lady that came in there. She was a good 50. And this is one thing I learned about white women. They do not mind taking their shirts off. They'll be taking their shirts off before they even get into the fitting room. They're just, free. they're just free like that. So me, sometimes I'm uncomfortable when I'm around like naked nudity. People, I'm, people yeah, nudity. nudity. So the lady, she turns on her light in there and I come and she's like, yeah, you can come in. I open the door. She's bare chested, facing me, looking me in the eyes. And I'm like, but well, why can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not finna touch nothing. So I'm gonna need you to. She was don't... so comfortable. She's like, um, yeah, I just need another one. This one doesn't fit. And I'm like, but why? I don't I know. Think it, I don't know what it has to do. Like maybe I think it has to do with the environment they grew up in. Like I don't think it has to do with them being white per se. I think like maybe they grew up like in locker rooms, like mm-hmm. where they played a lot of sports or something where they were naked all the time with mm-hmm. other girls. Or but I haven't had any, they're naked with all the time with other girls. I don't know. I haven't had any black women do that. I haven't had any Mexican women do that. Indian women, I have. only white women though. I have though, but the black really? women who have been in the ring of me were women who had been to prison. So I totally, <laughs> that, no, I, I am not playing with you. That's exactly the, the, the thought in my mind. Oh, well, that's right. They've been to prison. They're used to being naked around other women. <laughs> and not on nothing gay, but on the fact that you, you have no privacy in there. So mm-hmm. that made sense to me, but I don't understand why somebody who hasn't been to prison and who wasn't raised in a nudist, raised in a nudist colony, um, is perfectly comfortable. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous with their comfort level mm-hmm. with that type of display of nudity. I'm jealous because mm-hmm. I, I don't even, I don't even, I, I couldn't. I, I think couldn't. I'm comfortable, like around the house. Well, I can't do that now because my siblings are older. But when we were kind of like younger, when I was like 13, my brother was like 10, blah, blah, blah. I walked around with like just a sports bra on and like some shorts and stuff. And I just feel that like, was not <laughs> well, but you're still walking around the house and people are in the house. I don't know. I just feel like you should have on clothing. But um, the reason for me to say that is, I guess I just felt comfortable uh, with my body doing that. And like still to this day, pop the shirt off every now and then. But yeah, that was Victoria's Secret. My days of Victoria's Secret. Um, if you want to work at Victoria's Secret, listeners, do not do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not. It is not. Well, not but, those kind of assholes working there. Nope. 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 And you don't even get paid. Mm-hmm. Kind of indifferent servitude is that? What? The only good thing about working at Victoria's Secret is when the store makes sales, because that's the goal every day, make sales, make sales. Once we reach that goal, we're going to get a bonus on our check. And the bonus was like a good $200, $300 added. So that was a good thing. Yeah, that was the only thing I liked about Victoria's Secret. Besides that, it's not worth it. Not worth it. I couldn't work in a clothing store where I couldn't fit none of the clothing. Like, um, Mm -hmm. that, like, Nah, I like I that. Mm-hmm. their bras. If but like the bigger bra, the, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe not. <clears throat> like if you that. are only going up to a double D, then I'm gonna have too much cup spillage. I can't do it. See the thing with me there, since I'm tall and I have like long ass legs, 
all of my coworkers are like, I'm going to get these pants. I'm going to get these pants. And I'm thinking like, I can only fit the tights in here. Maybe the lounge pants. But when it comes to like the shorts they had or the jeans and all of that, they did not look right on me because I feel like they're made for petite women. But yeah. on the commercials, they have Amazon. Tall, lanky. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, now you have me in here, tall as ever, and I can't fit the clothes. But the petite woman can fit the clothes, so. That's oh, well. I feel like that's false advertising. You know what it I mean? Is. Your commercials should show the midget hobbits, the little mm-hmm. elf sprite that you have <laughs> who can actually wear the clothes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm short. But they don't have nothing that'll uh, cover all this ass. You know what I mean? So I, I don't like I, I walk past, uh, you know what I mean? A Victoria. I never go in. I don't go in because even if they change their their styles, I mean, their sizes, like it still wouldn't be worth it to me. Like mm-hmm. I've avoided in my entire life simply because they've never been inclusive to the short rounded people. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have Fenty. I do, but I also don't believe in spending money <clears throat> on anything that's uh, not absolutely necessary. Like, I need a pair of pants, and I'm probably not going to get those until December on Black Friday. <laughs> and it's January, listeners. It's January. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please hit us so up we don't talk about on... The- the cadets with the with the white power symbol with the German Nazi salute. I didn't get that. We can talk about it. Let's go ahead. No, no, no. That we can that. No, mm-hmm. you never charge your. F- okay, but uh, <laughs> no, we can. We'll talk about it next time. Next episode. Something to think about. Okay, so go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Peace of Mind. You can listen to this podcast on Anchor and Apple Music, also Spotify. And I really appreciate the listeners. And you can actually support this podcast. We would highly, highly, highly recommend it. And we would enjoy it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And you guys have a good end. No, I was going to say, and I just found out that even though they snatched my book um, off the ebook list on Amazon, it's still available for hardback and for paperback sale. So pick Mm -hmm. that up if you like. It's the 2020 Guide to Black Generational Wealth. Mm-hmm. on Amazon Terry Johnson yes by Terry Johnson mm-hmm. I thought I spoke mm-hmm. <laughs> by Terry Johnson so have a good rest of your week happy Monday and peace of mind peace of mind